Romans chapter 9. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 1 and 2 and 3 right there. We're going to go in chapter 9 and then chapter 10 if we have any time left. I'm going to go over and give Paul's testimony at the very end of his life. And he says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ. See that phrase, accursed from Christ? For my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. The Apostle Paul makes a great statement right here under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He said, I say the truth in Christ. He said, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. And friends, we need to live in the will of God in the Holy Ghost or in the Holy Spirit. We need to seek God's guidance every day. Seek God's leadership every day. I'm telling you what, if you will yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, God will put you where you can be a help and a blessing to others. I, I, I cannot forget uh, over here in Fountain City, uh, sometime, oh, about a year ago, we were staying at our son's house. And that morning, the Holy Spirit said, put some tracks in your pocket, some Spanish tracks in your pocket. I said, all right. So I took some English and some Spanish tracks, put them in my pocket, and I had to stop and get some gas. And here walked this Mexican guy right beside me. And the Holy Spirit said, give him a track. So I walked over to this, this fellow. I said, let me give you something to read. He took it and started reading it. And he's walking away. And he walked about as far as from that door to that door. And he turned and looked at me. And I'm praying for this guy as he's reading this gospel track. And... And he turns and starts walking back toward me. And I thought, well, great. He walks up to me and he said, can you take me to a Spanish church? And I said, yes, temple over here has one. And I said, can I get your address? He wrote it down and he said, can you take me? I said, yes. So I went Sunday morning, picked this guy up, took him to church. We sat on the front row in that Spanish church. And the first person that raised their hand when they gave the invitation was this guy. They walked down and started talking to him in Spanish. And he got saved and baptized right over here at Temple Baptist. Now, that would not have happened, friends, had the Holy Spirit not said to me, put that Spanish track in your pocket. I've got a, I've got a message for you to deliver today. I'm saying to you, friends, God wants to use us to be a help and a blessing. Think of it. We get to partner with God to reach His creation. God didn't need you and me on creation week, and it was a week. But God needs us today to help Him spread His good news of salvation. But if we're silent, it won't get spread. God is looking for servants that will be Holy Spirit-led. May God help us to be like the Apostle Paul and be clay in the potter's hands and be available, pliable in God's will. Look down at verse 3. For I could wish that myself were, see that phrase I, I mentioned a minute ago, accursed from Christ. Now listen, I love Brother Toby. 
And I'm sure you do too. Look at that term. Accursed from Christ. You know what the Apostle Paul was literally saying? He was saying, I would be willing to forfeit the glories of heaven. Accursed from Christ. From His presence. From His mercy. From His grace. Forever. If it would, if it would bring about the conversion of my beloved countryman, Israel. Now, I love Brother Toby, but I don't think I would raise my hand and say, I will voluntarily be a curse from Christ. That means I'll go to hell so that he doesn't have to. And I doubt if any of you would say, I'll go. Now, it's one thing to say, I love Brother Toby, and he's got, if he had a... If, if, if his kidneys were failing, i got a spare kidney. I'll give my kidney to him. But friends, I don't have a spare eternity. Right. Neither do you. But the great Apostle Paul said, I'll go to hell. I have great heaviness and continual sorrow for my countrymen. And I will go to hell and burn for eternity if it will bring my countrymen, my beloved Israel, to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, that's what he was saying. What great commitment and compassion and concern the Apostle Paul displayed. Yes. Now, go to chapter 10. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might... Be saved. Brethren. Now remember, this is written to believers. Brethren, my heart's desire. Now let me ask you, what's the desire of your heart today? For some people, they would say, the desire of my heart is that I would have good health, live to be gray-headed and beyond. I would have good job security. I'd have a nice house in Tennessee. I'd have a nice house in Florida. When the weather gets bad, I'm going to be a snowbird and fly south. Or fly west to Arizona. And I want to have a load of grandkids and a lot of healthy kids. I just want to have the good life. That's what some people would say. But not the Apostle Paul. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. I got a grandpa in heaven today. And you know, my dad was a preacher. I was called to preach as a kid. Tried to start preaching. I did start preaching. Tried to preach as a teenager in high school. My grandpa, my senior year in high school, set me down. He said, Daryl, I want you to be normal. Don't be like your daddy and mama and preach and go here and go yawn and get run out of this church and that church. You know how churches are. They get tired of it. They vote you out. He said, I want you to be normal. I want you to get a job and work it and retire eventually. And I want you to have your own house and have a permanent address. And I looked at my grandpa. He worked the coal mines, bless his heart. And he said, if you'll go to Tennessee, if you'll go to the University of Tennessee, whatever you want to take, I will borrow the money or I'll pay for it so you can get a profession and be normal. 
Get yourself a job and be normal. Don't be like your daddy. Well, see, he, he stayed half mad at my dad all the time because he took his, because daddy took us kids and, his, and grandpa's daughter and carried us here and carried us there and so on. You know the life of preachers. And I looked at my grandpa and I said, Grandpa, I love you. But I'm sorry, God has called me to preach. Not daddy called me, not mama called me. God has called me to preach. And I probably won't ever be normal. I'm giving myself to get people saved. My grandpa looked at me and he said, you'll never hear from me. If you go to that school in Chattanooga, if you go to that Bible college in Chattanooga, you'll never get the first penny from me. You'll never get the first second of help or recognition from me. And I said, Grandpa, I love you, but I'm following God. And that's it. And sure enough, he never sent me the first penny, never called me, never wrote me or nothing. But now that he's on the other side, I bet you he's looking at it from a different perspective, friends. And what we need to do is realize God has a plan. God has a will for our life. And the Apostle Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Listen, the Jehovah Witnesses, they have a great zeal for God, but it's not a scriptural zeal. It's a works, a hope that's based on their efforts. Listen, friends. The difference in the world's religions, whether it's a so-called Christian religion or, a, or, a, or, or Hinduism, Buddhism, or any of the rest of them, theirs is a, I must work and work and work and hope that I make it in. Ours is, it's done. Theirs is, I must do, I must do. But ours is, it's done. It's done. It was completed at Calvary, and God saved us to serve Him down here and help others get in that ark of salvation because it's heading for glory land, friends. Yes. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. Is that not a picture of the world today? Ignorant of God's righteousness? And going about to establish their own righteousness? Again, that's a worse religion. And may God help us. We don't need any more works to try to get us in to try to please God. I've got an, I, my wife's got an uncle, Uncle John, and he's in eternity right now. And he made this, I tried to witness to him, and he said, I have worked for the Shriners, and I've given thousands of dollars, and I've, I've solicited thousands of dollars to help needy little, little hurting kids, and if God isn't pleased with me for that, I don't want in. I said to him, I said, Uncle John, it's a grace salvation. It's a great salvation and it's a grace salvation. He said, I don't want in if, God, if I can't please God. I said, you can please Him by getting saved. You can please Him by living for Him. I don't want in if I can't work my way. He was a successful businessman, but he was ignorant of God's mercy and God's grace. And I fear for him at this very, very moment. See, look over if you would. Look at, we all know these verses on salvation. Look at, look at verse 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. See, Paul preached, Paul preached a, a great commitment, and he was a committed man. And, and Paul, Paul expressed, and you can see it right here, a great conversion. 
And it is a great conversion. The day you got saved, man, the angels clapped in glory. Likewise, I see in you, Luke 15, likewise, I see in you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. I led a religious man, but a lost man to the Lord two days ago in South Carolina. And I said, he's, four, he's as old as your pastor. And uh, I, I said, where do you go to church? And he named the church. But I asked him, I said, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? He said, I'm not sure. So I was able to give him the gospel, and right there, right there in in that lobby in, in that motel, he bowed his head and got saved. I ran up and got dressed, and we went to the meeting. And on the way out, his wife, who was a receptionist there at the desk, she said, "Thank you." She said, "Thank you, thank you for showing my husband the plan of salvation." Yeah, I say to you, friends, the angels clapped their hands in heaven because that man got saved. His name. His name was sealed in the Lamb's book of life. Yes. But look at verse 14. Well, verse 13, if you do any so winning, you know verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall, there's God's promise, shall be saved. Verse 14, how then shall they, and remember now, he's, he's begging, he's begging for the conversion of Israel. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Remember, they have their own belief, their own good works. And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? And that's why we have missions, to get them the gospel. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Paul preached. A, his life was a life of consistency. His life was a life of compassion. And he preached a great conversion. Yeah, a great conversion. See, look at look at the bottom. Look at... Um, Look at verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. He preached until from the time of his conversion on the road to Damascus until the time he lays his head on the chopping block. He's preaching unceasingly the grace of God. Salvation through the mercies of an almighty God who became a martyr on Calvary's tree so that you and I, who were stooped in religion or atheism or ignorance, could be one to Christ. Amen. Now, go over, if you would, to Second Timothy. Paul's come a long way from his road to Damascus conversion experience. Look what Paul writes. Writes in Second Timothy chapter four. In verse six and seven, he says, For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. Listen, friends, the time of our departure is at hand too. Yeah. We could be just one moment away from eternity. And may God help us not to go to heaven empty-handed or bloody-handed either. Yeah. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. What a declaration just moments or hours before he was to cradle his head in the lap of Jesus and have his head severed from his body and die. Now, I want to give you an illustration, then I'm done. Here's Paul. He's in prison for preaching the gospel. 
And he's been harassed. He's been beaten. He's been stoned. He's been shipwrecked. And now he's about to be martyred. He's about to die for the cause of Christ. And he said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And now I'm finishing my course. I want to give you this, this illustration. Years ago, I was youth director, and it was years ago, um, in Oliver Springs at Community Baptist. And that's actually where I was ordained. We're members of Mount Pisgah down the street, but I was ordained at Community Baptist. And uh, one of the deacons at the church, his wife invited our little girl, Becky, who is now, how old is Becky, 40? 38 or 39, something like that. I told you I can't remember these dates. But uh, anyway, she was about five years old, maybe four. Our two younger kids, our youngest daughter, she was just an infant. And uh, so Mrs. Slack, she said, come over to the party, our birthday party for their daughter. And, uh, and, and, and she said, why don't you stay? You and, you and Shirley stay. Well, we did. And, uh, and so the kids, they played all kinds of little games and everything. And then one of the little girls, she said, why don't we have a foot race and see who's the fastest one here? And they all, yay, let's do that. And so one of the ladies looked at me and she said, Brother Bonifacius, why don't you be the judge and find out? You make the decision. Who's the fastest? I said, okay. So I went up here and I drew a starting line. I said, girls, come over here. Everybody get down and get ready. And they all did. And I said, now down here is the finish line. And so I said, now I'm the judge. And I stood right here at the finish line. And I raised my hand. I said, now, girls, when I drop my hand and say, go, you run as fast as you can, and we'll see who finishes first. We'll see who's the fastest one here. And so all the girls down here, you know, they get down and they're ready. And my little Becky, she's just standing there like this. She couldn't comprehend that she's supposed to get down and run fast and beat the others. She just was glad she was in the race. And by the way, I'm glad I'm in the race too. Aren't you friends? And I'm not racing against your pastor. I'm not racing against the Sunday school teacher or the deacon. I'm racing with them. We have one common goal, and that is to take as many people across the line as we can. So I'm down here on this end. I said, now get ready, girls. Here we go. And I dropped my hand. And when I dropped my hand, all those girls, they started—they were all older than our Becky. They ran as fast as they could. And here's a little Becky. I'm the judge. And I'm watching. But I'm focused on my little girl. Because I have her in my heart. And to this day, I don't remember who finished first or second or third or fourth, but I'm focused on my little girl. And she's coming down through there. And when she gets to the finish line, she, instead of crossing the line, she turns and leaps. Think of that. She leaps up into my arms. And she said, did I win, Daddy? I said, you won, honey. Listen, friends, you want to win your race of life, 
serve God, be consistent in your life, and God will use you. I'm trying to help get as many people across that line to the cross and to heaven. I don't care if their skin is is as dark as is as black as can be. I don't care if they're from Russia. I witnessed to a Russian lady last week. I don't care if they're Indian, African, Caucasian. I care about getting them ready for heaven. And my little girl, she pleased me. I watched her. Friends, God is watching us. God is focused on us. And may God help us to be focused on Him and on His will. Help us, Lord, to finish our race with joy. I don't want to go to heaven like this and say, Oh, God, I'm sorry I failed you. But I want to finish my race with joy. I want to be like the Apostle Paul and say, Lord, I kept the faith. I finished my course. How about you, friends? Are you running your race with joy? Or are you lagging behind because of hidden sin? Or indifference? Have you lost your focus? There's a God in heaven who's focused on us. And may God help us to be focused on pleasing Him. On pleasing Him. One day, soon, if you watch any news, if you have any discernment at all, you realize, hey, things are lining up, friends. Soon we're going to be out of here. Let's go to heaven with a load of sinners that we've helped point to Calvary. I'm glad for the day I was led to Calvary. May God help us to go to heaven with a load of sinners. Just like us. That somebody introduced to Calvary. Stay focused. Run your race. Finish your course. And do it with joy. When old Paul laid his head on that chopping block, he really laid it in the lap of Jesus. He's never left us. I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Yeah. Yeah. God help us to do right, live right, stay focused, have a burden, be a blessing. Don't be a burden. Be a blessing. Help us, Jesus.